Welcome to the Cary Church Podcast. For more information regarding Cary Church, visit www.cary.asn.au. Instead of actually reading through the text of our Bible reading today, we thought it would be fun to have a little video. So we're going to put up a video. If you want to follow along in your Bibles, it's Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. But why don't we have a look at our Bible reading this morning on video. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in a region where the evil King Herod ruled. About the time of Jesus' birth, some wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, asking King Herod, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was angered by what he heard. A king other than himself? In his own land? Herod called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote. You, Bethlehem, are one of the smallest towns in Judah. But from you will come one who will rule Israel for me. He comes from very old times, from days long ago. Then King Herod called the wise men back in for a private meeting. He told the wise men, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can worship him too. After listening to the king, the wise men left to follow the star. They arrived at the place where Jesus was, And going into the house, they found the promised child and his mother Mary. They gave him offerings of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and were so overjoyed at the fulfillment of God's promise, they bowed before Jesus and worshipped him. That night in a dream, the wise men were warned about returning to King Herod. He was plotting to kill Jesus. When they awoke, they departed and traveled back to their home country, a different way. Okay, so we are in a season we call Advent. Now, Advent's a time where we think about uh, Jesus coming. And what we thought we'd do this year at Cary is look at Advent, look at the, the Jesus coming as a baby through some different perspectives, some different eyes. And last week, Pastor Dave Kilpatrick talk to us about looking at Jesus coming through the eyes of the innkeeper. That's, that was what he was given to, to talk about. And the first thing he told us was, hang on, there is no innkeeper. So that was sort of threw us there for a while. But what he said is that in the Bible, it doesn't talk about an innkeeper, but it talks about a room where Jesus was, and there would have been an owner of that room. And he asked a really good question. Did the owner, was his perspective that he knew that this was God? Probably not. But the amazing thing that Dave pointed out was that Jesus was there anyway. Jesus is present with us. So from the eyes of that person, we can say Jesus came to be with us. Well, this morning, we are going to look through the eyes of the famous wise men. And we just saw that, again, that was Matthew chapter 2. And I'd encourage you, if you have your Bibles or your phone, to have Matthew chapter 2 open, because we're going to be referring to some of the words and some of the text there. So make sure you have that open and ready. And we're going to try and put ourselves in the shoes, or should I say the sandals, of the wise men. Now, these guys, first thing to know about wise men is that they knew a lot. And I guess that's obvious. That's why they're called wise 
They were also called magi. And these were people in those days who knew a lot about astrology. They knew about stars. And they also knew some magic tricks. Those things were really reputable professions in those days. These guys knew a lot of stuff. And the second thing to know about them is that they probably came from somewhere called Babylon or maybe from the Arabian Peninsula, two places that were a long, long way away from Jerusalem and from Bethlehem. So they had to travel a long way. And we also know that they were well off. And how do we know that? Because they travelled so far. And in those days, to travel far, you needed quite some means. And also, they gave expensive gifts. I mean, do you have gold sitting around ready to give us a gift? I do not. It doesn't say this in the Bible, but because they were well off, a tradition grew up that they were kings. And in fact, can I, now I need some more kids' help. If you're in grade, let's say, four to six, can I have grades four to six stand up? Here's what I need to know from you. Do you know what the traditional names of the three wise men are. Anybody know some of the traditional names uh, over here? Sorry, Matt? No, no, good guess, but no. Uh, over there? Gaspar, very good. Gaspar was one of them. Is there anyone down the back? Belshazzar, excellent. And there's one more, Toby? Melchior? I think you got it. Melchior was his name. Caspar, Belteser, and Melchior. There were three names that they were given, and they were supposed to be kings. Thank you, grades four to six. I've got more questions coming up. Now, these wise men, they knew a lot about history, and they knew a lot about what we call the Old Testament. They would have known it as the Hebrew Scriptures. And if you think about it, living in Babylon, it wasn't that strange that they might know a bunch of things about the Hebrew Scriptures because the people of Israel had been taken there as exiles. And so the Babylon, there was some knowledge. And these wise men, they knew stuff about the Hebrew Scriptures. And they would have been sitting around talking about these things because that's what wise guys do. And they might have read a verse in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, that refers to a new king coming for the Jewish people. All right, grades one to three, I need your help. Grades one to three, stand up. Do you know what the sign was that they read about? What the sign was that they read about that would herald this new king coming? I'll give you a clue, something in the sky. Thank you very much, Hudson. A star, fantastic. They knew that a star was the thing that was supposed to herald this new king coming. Now, these days, our experts say it could have been a few things. They say it could have been a conjunction of planets that that made this big star. They say it could have been Halley's Comet, which was around at the time. They say it could have been a supernova, which is this amazing explosion that happens in space and it's really bright. But whatever it was, this star made the wise men pack up their camels and get going. This was their signal to start doing something. Now, I was trying to think, what what have I ever seen that's like a, a, a sign in the skies of something amazing? And I thought, well, I've seen some eclipses. I was in Kalbarri earlier this year looking at the beautiful uh, starlit night with no light pollution and no clouds. But perhaps the thing that stands out for me was when we lived in Alaska... And we knew there was this thing called the Northern Lights. 
Has anybody heard of the Northern Lights? It's this beautiful picture of sort of blues and greens. And we thought, wow, if we could see that, that wouldn't that be amazing? And these days, scientists know when that might happen. And so my wife, Helen, she was sort of kept her eye for a long time. It doesn't happen that often, certainly not in Anchorage where we were living. She was keeping her eye on the phone and on on the internet. And then one day we got the message, the sign that it's coming. And so we got all our stuff together. We got rugged up and ready to go and look. And I won't bore you with the details. It was magnificent. But the point is that was an astrological phenomena that came that we had a sign that was coming and we were really excited and we got ourselves ready to go and see it. And that's kind of, that's the best I can think of for these wise men and, and how they were getting ready with all of their clothes and, and things they had to pack in their camel. But I wonder, kids particularly, I, I wonder if you've ever been on a road trip. Hands up if you've been on a road trip because that's kind of what these wise men were doing. And I wonder if you've been on a road trip, did your car look anything like this? Because when you go on a road trip, you need to pack lots of stuff, right? You, you need to have everything you can possibly think of for the trip. And I bet some of your cars have looked like that. Well, I think these wise men setting off for this long, long trip was a little bit like this, these people, or maybe you going on your trip, but it wasn't just one car. They had lots of camels. And all those camels would have been packed because this was a long trip. And it would have been a little bit different for them. You see, I think the wise men were adventurers because they took risks. These wise men took these significant risks. First of all, maybe they got the sign wrong. Maybe it was just a comet and not a sign. So they took a risk there. Secondly, their trip wasn't like going on a big wrong road trip down to, say, Bunbury. They were like doing round Australia several times, but also they were going to a different country. Now, travelling through different countries in those days was a little different. It wasn't just get your passport, get on a plane and it's easy. It was risky. You didn't know what you were going to meet. There was no one there to protect you. And for these wise men, I, I find it really fascinating that they got to another country. They got to this country of Israel. And... Um, The risks were significant because the king there invited them to his palace. And the king said, hello, why have you come to visit me in my my country? Now, I don't know if they were naive or, or what they were thinking, but they said, oh, well, we've come to see the new king. Now, in those days, this was not like Australia's prime ministership where it changes fairly regularly. That was, is this being recorded? We might put that on the podcast. I'm not sure. Um, But this was a king. And for kings in those days, the only way the king changed is if the king died or maybe was killed. So this king sitting here with all his power and might, and you can imagine all the people sitting there with their swords and stuff. So wise men, why are you here? Oh, we're here to see the new king of the Jews. And if you read that in Matthew chapter 2, King Herod is called the king of the Jews and the wise men come saying, we're looking for the new king of the Jews. Risky stuff. These were bold adventurers on a a big mission. They left King Herod. They went to see Jesus. They opened their treasures, it says, and gave him gold, frankincense and myrrh. Beautiful, beautiful gifts that they give Jesus. And from there, we get our idea of giving gifts at Christmas. Many people say it was the wise men giving their gifts. 
that gave us a tradition. Now, I bet you can remember a favourite Christmas present, something you got that was awesome. I bet you can also remember some family Christmas giving traditions, some gift traditions. In fact, kids, why don't you stand up and tell somebody, mum and dad near you, what's your favourite Christmas gift-giving tradition? And then I'm going to tell you mine. So kids, you tell mum and dad, what's your favourite gift-giving tradition in your house? Well, I hope you've got some great ones. I'll tell you my favourite one. My favourite one is that my, uh, I used to go around to my grandma and grandpa's house and they had a Christmas tree and under the Christmas tree you put your presents. Now, my grandma and grandpa, they had six kids and each of their kids had a bunch of kids. So by the time I was sort of at a reasonable age to remember, the Chris, and, and everybody gave everybody presents. So you got there and this Christmas pile of presents was really huge and enormous and Grandpa sat there on his chair and he got the, old, uh, the youngest capable grandchild to hand out the presents. It was amazing. And I love that tradition, just mountains of presents and everybody there opening them. So I hope you enjoy yours as well. And the thing is, those sorts of things say to me, Christmas is all about gifts. It's all about gifts. And in some ways, it is all about gifts. The wise men brought gifts. Actually, Jesus is a gift for us. And we give gifts at Christmas time. There is a lot about Christmas that is about gifts. But if we're going to look at the wise men and say, well, they have ushered in this gift-giving thing, and they're a good example for us to learn what is Christmas all about, I want to look really carefully at what the Bible tells us they did before they gave their gifts. Now, the video was slightly different, and that's why I wanted to read this to you very specifically. This is what it actually says in the Bible. The wise men, this is in verse 11 of Matthew 2, if you've got your Bible ready. On coming to the house, so the wise men, they've arrived at the house, they're down in Bethlehem now. They saw the child with his mother Mary And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then, then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Their first response, their first response on encountering Jesus at Christmas was worship. Then came the gifts. After their long travels, after all the risks they'd taken, they found this baby that they knew was the Messiah, they knew was the King, they knew was going to be the Saviour of the world for all people, and they worshipped. That was their first response. And before that, we also see the attitude they had in their response. I love verse 10 in the ESV. The English Standard Version of the Bible says this, and, and it's a sentence that some ways doesn't make sense because it just repeats itself. But how do you like this? This is how they were feeling. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. There was a lot of joy in that. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and then they worshipped him. So I think as we come to Christmas, and perhaps you feel like, you know, this year I've travelled a long way. This has been a year of a lot of travel for me. I've done a lot of yards. And and perhaps you feel like you've taken some risks. 
Oh, we've been in a season here of growing deeper. Maybe you feel like there are some spiritual risks that you've taken. And now we get to Christmas and I don't know about you, but it's quite tempting to think, okay, what presents do I need to get? It's all about the gifts. I've just got to have a bought for that person and that person and that person. And what am I giving people for Christmas dinner? And actually the goal is that I just get safely to Boxing Day and summer holidays. And that's the real reward. But I want to remember, I want to remember what the wise men did when they encountered Jesus. They worshipped him. And I want to encourage us this Christmas that as we come into this season, and particularly as we get to that point where we celebrate Jesus coming, we spend time in worship. So as we come to a close in in this message section, I want to give you one final question and thought, and that's this. When we do give gifts, because they're a good part of Christmas, they're an important part, who do we give them to? Who are you planning to give gifts to this Christmas? Now, an obvious answer is family. That's great. We, we, we should be giving our, our gifts to family. But if we look at the text, there's some interesting things that we can learn about who brought gifts to Jesus. He was going to be the king of the Jews. Now, I would have expected, therefore, that some of the Jewish people would have recognized the star and would have come and worshipped him and brought him gifts. But here's what it says in verse 3. It says that on hearing about this new king, so the wise men are asking all these questions, on hearing about the new king, not only was King Herod disturbed, but all of Jerusalem with him. The Jewish people were disturbed. They weren't excited. They didn't bring gifts. It took three, traditionally three, it took the wise men who were not even Jewish people to come and bring gifts. So when we think about giving them, we can give to our family, but perhaps we also need to think about should we give a gift to Jesus at Christmas? And what would that look like? What would it look like to give a gift to Jesus? Well, Jesus articulated a heart for the vulnerable, for the lame, for the sick, for the widows and the orphans. He articulated a heart for people doing it tough. And then he said in a parable in Matthew 25, whatever you do for brothers and sisters in need, you do for me. So we've been growing a bit of a family tradition where we try and give a a gift to Jesus at Christmas time, sort of like a birthday gift. And one of the things that we do is we we look at what sort of aid or development organisation might have some, some things where we can contribute to people who are doing it tough. And what we've done this morning, we've actually put on chairs this morning from Australian Baptist World Aid, just a a brochure. There's no pressure on this, but that's just an example of one of the things that you could take away and think, you know what, I could give a gift to Jesus. I could give this gift to people who are less well-off than I am this year. At Christmas, on Christmas Day, here in the service, we'll take up an offering and we're going to give that to a group called Global Interaction. And Global Interaction are a group who spread the word of Jesus. And they go out as, as uh, missionaries to unreached people, people who don't know about Jesus, and they help them understand who Jesus was. So there's some of the things we're doing. And of course, this morning, we're doing hampers. We're repacking our hampers as part of our family, giving gifts to people who are doing it tough. And as I was preparing my message, I thought, that's a brilliant segue, Peter. Excellent. Now let's go into hamper packing. Fantastic. And then I thought, oh, I missed it again. What do we need to do before we start giving gifts? Worship. 
So what I really want to do this morning, just for a few minutes, is lead us into a time of worship. That as we think about encountering Jesus this morning at Christmas time, we're just going to spend a few minutes in worship. And kids, I know that you do this over in Kids Church, so I know that you know all about how to do this worship. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for us, I'm going to lead us into that. And then we're actually going to play a video which is just a beautiful, worshipful video. And I'm going to invite you to do whatever you would like to. You can sit with your eyes closed. You can watch the video. But I just encourage you to be in an attitude of worship, thinking about Jesus coming this Christmas. So would you close your eyes with me, bow your heads, and let's just move into this moment. Heavenly Father, we, we worship you. We thank you. We are so thankful and excited that you sent your son. Wonderful counsellor, mighty God, prince of peace. Help us to put you at the centre this Christmas. Help us to invite you into all the activities that we do. And as we come to gift giving, which is a good and great part of Christmas, would you help us first to remember that in our encounter with Jesus Christ... It's time to worship first. Holy, holy God, thank you for these moments just before you, just us through our long, arduous journey this year, through any risks that we've taken. Help us just to take these moments to bow before you and worship you. Lord Jesus, joyously we proclaim that you and you alone are Saviour of the world. Amen. <laughs>